All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! This show show explores television content that's been available for consumption for quite some time. If a spoiler or two slips into the conversation, well, you were warned. Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. We can make it work probably. Suddenly way more obvious. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? And he was like, he was like in his 50s and just like great customer service and I was like pretty happy. But it's not unlike cars in that it never fails to amaze me the capacity for variance in cost. You know, yeah. where like a, an alignment might cost 65 bucks one place, cost $250 somewhere else. Yeah. It's absurd. Yeah, it's crazy. It reminds me a little bit of when, um, when we lived in Dartmouth, after we had fleas, yeah. I for a full year had to take Mia for an advantage treatment every right. month. Yeah. For like, that was like a thing that they, I'm not even sure if it's entirely true, but they were like, you have to get this every month for at least a year. And then when the year was up, they were like, you should really keep doing this. I mean, right. cause it was like 75 bucks a month or something yeah. crazy. Wow. And so I was like, uh, no, that's fine. She's an indoor cat and it wasn't her fault to begin with. Right. But, um, while she was there, I always used to get her nails clipped too, because she was spending a lot more time at my parents' place and they have nicer furniture than me and she's destructive. Sure. And I think it was like 34 bucks for a nail clipping too. And she's like a big cat and she's strong and it's tough to clip her nails. She doesn't like when you clip her nails. Right. They came up front with her and they were like, oh, she's a fighter. And I was like, yeah. And uh, the, <laughs> the lady uh, totals it up. And just for the clipping, it's like 78 bucks. Whoa. I was, I was like, just for the clipping, it's $78. It's, it was $34. What? And she's like, yes, well, it took two of us, so we had to charge you double. And I was like, that's not how you that's, how you run a business. That's not why you had to charge me double. Nope. nope. And yeah. you, like, you have to tell me before you, right. you double my, it, yeah. my request. You the service is what costs. 30 bucks a person. No. And then add as many people as you want. But like, exactly. Like, if I order a lot of food at a restaurant and it takes more than one server to take it all to the table, right. I don't have to pay double. No. You don't <laughs> expect to be charged for that. That's absurd. Those idiots. God, idiots. I'm uh, notorious in my in my uh, group of friends for being the guy who's not afraid to yell at somebody behind a counter. Oh, really? Which is like, yeah, and that's, it's not like it's something that I'll do or whatever. Right. But like the other day I was at um, a fast food place and I asked for a cheeseburger and they just put a craft slice on it. Like it wasn't melted at all. And so I said to the lady, this is fairly ridiculous. Those are the words I used. And Becky what? thought that was the funniest phrasing. <laughs> You know what? It's funny for someone who's kind of uncomfortable talking to people. You, you're right. You will go head to head with a service person and any. I just don't want to be taken advantage of. Like I'm not gonna. Sure. I'm not going to walk away and let someone think I got the best of him. Right. I guess that's what it's based on. Or maybe maybe I'm so defensive because I'm uncomfortable and right. I, I and overqualify. Right. Okay. I could see that it coming from a place of like possible insecurity and being right, like, wait, maybe. I'm being taken advantage of right here. That I've felt before too, being it, like, wait a second, just no, stop selling me stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you were able to do that with the with the bike situation. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. It came from, it stems from an incident uh, when we went to university and, and some lady was like really rude to me and I had been having a hard day as all of my days were when I was at Dalhousie. <laughs> sure. And she was just like, she was just so outwardly rude to me and saucy to me. And I just told her that she didn't need to take that attitude with me. <laughs> <laughs> and like, so my friends have held on to that. Were your friends there? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think just my friend Kyle was there and he was like, guys, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> Sweet said, you don't 
need to take that attitude with yeah me yeah and then someone. i but then like i could never go back there <laughs> oh god what i'll do is be way more obnoxious about it so a server will come over and be extremely rude to like my friends and i then she'll walk away and I will put my hand over my mouth and yell to the restaurant, that was uncalled for. <laughs> and, oh, I love that. Yeah, like that's, for some reason, that's the approach that I take. I wait until she, she'll have no idea who it was. I, I'm passive aggressive with like other civilians in society. So like if somebody like shoulders me as they walk by or they don't hold the door for me or like mm. um or if they're just like blocking the sidewalk rudely i'm happy to talk loudly and go man i really hate when people block the sidewalk right. like, oh really <laughs> i'll okay. do that yeah gotcha passive aggression is yeah, a powerful a, tool whoa i i would not i don't think i'd be comfortable doing that well, unless i was drunk i would only do it if i was sure i wasn't gonna get like punched in the mouth sure okay <laughs> you pick your you pick your fights yeah i'll, I'll i'm much more likely to be like rude to it like a little teenager or something than, than some big scary man <laughs> a little teenager a little teenager <laughs> i know that i can really kind of i don't know what that means make feel bad so listen uh it being a show show a show about shows it's very important that we discuss the television event of the year which mm -hmm. is the emmy awards yeah i haven't really looked at them too closely but i mean what's what's the uh what's the story here game of thrones 24 nominations 26 nominations an obscene amount of is nominations. That, is that the most ever? I don't know what the most. I, we should we should look that up. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if it turns out it's like The Sopranos or something. Right, sure. Of or maybe like Mash or yeah. something. But the thing about Game of Thrones is that they doubled up in many categories. Like they have a couple of women in best right. supporting and. Yeah, they, I think they have three. And is that best supporting or best actress? lead actress in a drama series? Viola Davis, How to Get Away with Murder, Taraji P. Henson, Empire, Claire Danes, Homeland, Robin Wright, House of Cards, Tatiana Maslany, Orphan Black, and Carrie Russell, The Americans. That's lead actress. Tatiana have... Maslany's kind of like Tatiana Maslany. It's true. That's, Tatiana Maslany. I'm going for her. We don't have the uh, supporting uh, actors. Oh, okay. So, so it must be supporting actress because that was like Maisie Williams and Lena Headey and. The one who plays there Mother of Dragons. Yeah. What's her name? Amelia Clark. Amelia Clark. She's like a, she's quite an internet darling, eh? Yeah, I can see why. She was on a British talk show and she was just seemed so likable. Yeah, she was on uh, Graham Norton I saw her on yes. recently. And she, that might have been where I saw her. It was very charming. She was sitting next to Matt LeBlanc and he... Right. She asked... And he she, said, how you doing? She asked, will you ask me how I'm doing? Right. And he knew exactly what to say. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's perfect. And at one point... <laughs> Graham Norton introduces her and he says, you are the mother of dragons. And she goes, hello. <laughs> like, and just started giggling. Like Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, great. she seems cool. Okay, so the 2016 Best Actress in a Drama Series in a Supporting Role. The nominees are Constant Zimmer for Unreal. I've never heard of Unreal. No, I have. Well, no, I don't know that I have either. Lena Headey for Game of Thrones, Amelia yes. Clark for Game of Thrones, Maisie Williams for Game of Thrones. Shit. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but I'll tell you right now, it won't surprise me at all if Maggie Smith wins because this is the last year for Downton Abbey. Right. They, there tends to be a bit of a thing for that. Like John Hamm won last year and he might not have won otherwise. Right. But it was the last year for Mad Men. He was also up against what's his dick for a really long time. Uh, Brian Cranston. Right. That is a, definitely a thorn in his side. And what's his dick won in his last year? Brian Cranston. Yeah. Yeah, but he also won like four other times. Right, yeah. Okay, most Emmy nominations in one year. The most nominations for a comedy series in its first year was Glee. 
Right? That was a pretty big... Uh... Honestly, Glee's first year was a good year of television. A lot of people like to comment that uh, Glee's biggest downfall was becoming exactly the thing that it was parodying right. in the beginning. And it really kind of was at first. Like, it was really quite satirical. Yeah. I don't know. I can't seem to find it. Whatever. If you know, tweet us at Show Show Podcast. <laughs> it's probably like Game of Thrones, honestly. It's, it's a huge show. Yeah. Well... Maybe we should start in the outstanding drama series category. Okay, okay. Want to um, do that? Interestingly, yeah. we've talked about a lot of these shows on our podcast, which has not been around for very long, but yeah. they've at least come up. I mean, Game of Thrones obviously is in there. Game of Thrones nominated for everything. We talk about House of Cards a lot. It just seems to be a thing that comes up. It always pops up. Um, and Mr. Robot was a very recent episode of this podcast. Yep. And The Americans was as well. Yep. Um, other notable mentions, Downton Abbey. <laughs> we talked about it 30 seconds ago. Just now. So there we go. Cross that one off the list. Uh, Better Call Saul, which is an extension of Breaking Bad, which we talked about 35 seconds ago. Mm-hmm. And Homeland. Have you watched Homeland at all? Homeland is one of those many shows that like, I tried to watch, and I just found it very dark and ominous. Yeah. I, totally. I, I think that I think that it's probably really great, and I like Mandy Patinkin for reasons of, of a more <laughs> Princess Bride era. <laughs> Um, but I, I found her, Claire Danes, she's so dour in it. Yeah. And I also know some major spoilers about Homeland. Like I know about some Damian Lewis stuff that might deter right. me from caring as much. Right. I've, uh, I have watched the first three seasons and I'm not opposed to watching the rest, but I guess where I left off, I just kind of thought I had a good run on this show. <laughs> I okay. So necessarily need to watch have it. you seen at least one episode of all of these shows in this category? I haven't seen an episode of Downton Abbey. I have actually seen the pilot of Downton Abbey. Really? I watch a lot of pilots, dude. Yeah? I don't know why. Did you like it? Yeah. No, I, I did. And I just, it's interesting. Like, they immediately set the era. Like, the first right. thing you see in the first scene is he, like, opens up the newspaper and they're like, Titanic has sunk in the North <laughs> Atlantic. And I'm like, oh, we're With then. the most obvious. <laughs> like, oh, that's great. Yeah. So I was like, okay, you're you're not afraid to do that. Yeah. I, I, I will watch more. It's on Netflix. I just haven't really gotten around to it. I'm okay. kind of, I've kind of got, like, one toe in a lot of different things right now. Sure. Have you watched any more, like, Americans or? I haven't watched more Americans. Uh, I only watched one more Mr robot but i will slowly get through that's that. good i'm happy that you watched another mr robot i wasn't sure if you would no i and i mean that i'm gonna get through it and becky's curious also we watched the second one like the next day but we've been busy cool of these shows these seven nominated shows yep what's your pick okay what do you want to win and what do you think is going to win i kind of want mr robot to win i think it stands a chance as like the newcomer to maybe sweep through i think it does too i also would love for americans to win but i don't think it will it's not gonna um i think it's really between mr robot the americans and game of thrones honestly yeah i think better call Saul is a pretty big underdog I think. I think Homeland is past its prime. I think everyone knows that. Yeah, I think House of Cards. It's it's right there in the mix, but I don't think it's the a only thing. Runner. The only thing House of Cards might get would be Robin Wright for Best Actress. I was happy to see that she got nominated for Best Lead Actress and not Supporting. Right. Because she and in fact I think and she's been in the news a lot about fighting for equal uh, wage equality. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, I I mean I'm all for wage equality. And she's really good in that show, but is she as central to the show as Frank Underwood? I would say this season, yeah. Yeah, this season she was. She's definitely haunting. She's a great actress. Yeah, no she is haunting. I also like her for, for, for Princess, Princess Bride. <laughs> Very different character. Less haunting. So I guess let's go to... So that was Outstanding Drama Series. Let's look at Outstanding Comedy Series. You bet. Okay, we've got Blackish, Master of None, Modern Family, Silicon Valley. I think that could definitely take it. Transparent, Veep, 
and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I also think Veep is good. Like it usually, uh, it's it's usually the like heavyweight favorite between yes. Modern Family and Veep. Those two have traditionally been the winners. I th- I think you're right, except I think people are finally starting to get that Modern Family has not evolved at all. Right. Uh, and I think that critically speaking, Silicon Valley has like really shot into the stars. Really? I think it. I think Silicon Valley is a bit of a long shot in this category, and it's the show that I watch the most. Like I, it's fabulous. It. Uh, I was talking with my brother today. He actually found season three to be a little dull compared to the first two. Yeah. Well. We were talking how it's become a little bit cyclical. Mm-hmm. Like they always, they get to that point of like, oh man, we could be very successful and then it fails and then they kind of work their way back up there and then there's some fleeting moments of success and then I think what they need to have is just one season where the app or whatever platform they're working on becomes huge and yeah. they're all billionaires just for a year, which they kind of played with a little bit this year, but I agree. I totally agree. Did you know that the guy who they killed off after season one, the kind of like he he was almost like a like he had Asperger's or something. Yes. And he was like the guy who's going to invest. Yep. He died in real life. Yeah. I did not know this. Yeah. Really sad. He had lung cancer or something. Yeah. He I forget what it was, but yeah, I did know that he died. But they completely replaced the archetype of his character with Asperger's lady. Yes. Like who she's just like very cold yeah. and have you watched have you watched much of the show? I've only watched I've watched the first two seasons in full and I watched oh, yeah. okay. the first two episodes of season three just yesterday. Oh so great. it's fresh. Cool. Yeah. I, I mean I mean I liked the season too. Like I had no trouble getting through the season. I find I, I it's interesting because Thomas Middleditch got, got nominated. We'll get to him in a second. I find him to be the biggest sad sack, which I mean he's supposed to be, but I like everyone so much more than him. Yeah, he's so underused and how friggin hilarious he is in real life yeah i don't know if you've seen any of his improv or him on podcasts he's so ridiculous what's funny he does like a shakespeare thing or something yeah he started out in something called improvised shakespeare yeah don't know exactly how it works it's apparently hilarious all right and i think like he's supposed to improvise something that sounds an awful lot like shakespeare i think so okay or i don't know if the plot of or if you just have to do improv scenes in old english I have no That's idea tough. how. That's tough. Well, yeah. and like TJ Miller is, it's very hard not to be shadowed by him just because yeah. he's so big and so unbelievably funny. Yeah. But there's so many really funny people on that show that it's 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 got to be a bit of a tug of war for the spotlight. Yeah. Kumail Nanjiani is like oh. a third or fourth character on the, on the call sheet, I right. guess. Right. And on the B list of funny people in pop culture, yeah. he's one of the funniest people in the world. Yeah. He's so funny. Yeah. You're right. Um, his stand-up, also hilarious. I've never really seen his stand-up. You should check it out. Okay. Yeah, so I think that Silicon Valley is probably an underdog, but it won't surprise me if they take it. And if they take it, I think they're going to start taking it. Don't you think that, you know, something that's really been been topical, like transparent, could be... I think the show hasn't been topical, but I think the subject matter right. is... I think it was pretty topical the first season. I didn't see the second season. Are we in the topic. second year of Caitlyn Jenner business now? We probably are. I think so. I don't, yeah, I don't know that it was necessarily as much topical, but it was really well-liked. Well, I, haven't, I haven't watched one episode of Transparent. Me neither, but Jeffrey Tambor won the Emmy last year. Right. So I mean, I have no doubt that he's good, but like I remember him making news for being like quite emotional in his speech. Right. He says that he feels very warmly welcomed by the transgender community to do the honor of playing the part. And right. I mean, I'm sure he's great. But you think it peaked there? I don't know. I've never seen the show, but if, if it wins, I'd almost... 
be quietly skeptical that it's because of political agenda hmm. and in and the the purpose of inclusion and there's right. there's something to be said for that that's really good but right. is it the best show or is it the one to pick because obviously it's daring yeah and, and you watched did you watch master of none yeah i loved master of none i love master of none too i don't think it's gonna win i would be cheering if it did i was really happy to see that it got nominated because it could have flown under the radar yeah yeah true but it had gotten nominated in several categories let's talk about that show for a minute because there's lots i can say about that show yeah it's it's probably the one show on this list that i would watch all over again totally like i could easily get through it i i i loved master of none i think it speaks to people our age too probably true like mid-20s kind of quarter life crisis age trying to figure out what they're doing and he's like a little bit older than us too like he's yeah. in his early 30s mm-hmm. um but he's it's he, you still buy that from that character and yeah. we're also like we're not new york types and we're not really showbiz people but like it's something that you can buy into because it's mostly just about relationships and yeah. friendships and and outlook the interesting thing about that show was that i was so excited for it and when the first episode uh, when i watched the first episode i was really disappointed right. i was like what the fuck? This is this isn't funny at all, right? Because you thought it was going to be a show about him with two kids, like babysitting or something. Was that it? Well, that's I didn't. I, I was I was nervous that right. that was going to be a more central premise to the show. Right. It was a weird episode to start out in. I for thought that it was reason, very bold to make the pilot episode of your series about bratty children because there's maybe nothing I find more offensive than bratty children. Right. And you find bratty children offensive. I, f- I find them very off-putting. Yeah. They're quite a deterrent for me. So that's the Do premise you ever of the pilot. Have kids? Did I ever ask you this? Um, yeah, I don't. I just okay. You're not anti kids. Uh, I'm definitely anti most kids. Right. If I were to have kids, it would be because I could arrive at a thing in my mind that says your kids will be different. You'll like your kids anyway. Right. But that's all. I mean, I can on a smaller scale. I can put that in in terms of cats. Like I'm not a cat person. I'm a my cat person. Okay. Um, Interesting. So. And I also don't like dislike kids. Like I don't, it's not that I have a trust problem with kids. If I meet a kid who's like surprisingly mature for his or her age and they're like talking to me and they have like a sense of irony or whatever, I love that kid. Right. But by and large, based on what kids are and what they can do, I find them pretty useless. Gotcha. Uh, a huge purpose for kids so so if there's a bratty kid who's not looked after well and Mm -hmm. isn't brought up well and is a picky eater and all kinds of that shit i just i just can't do anything but roll my eyes that's that's the premise of the episode is that aziz kind of gets saddled with babysitting these two bratty kids in new york and i was like this is terrible but even his friends change after the pilot episode like his best friends are like david krumholtz and that lady from tim heidecker or the new black and then like yeah well it's it but it's tim in the the rest of the series after the he's in the rest of this oh he's not in the pilot and he might be but like he seems to have a different circle of friends in the pilot versus the rest of the series and i loved his friends in the rest of the series denise was so funny denise yeah and i liked uh what's her name who played the girlfriend rachel yeah, she was great. The she one was who on, was on Saturday Night Live. She was on SNL for a year or two. Yeah. She did the, the Zoe Deschanel character. I, f- I forget what her name is. Right. She was awesome in it. Yeah. She's no- Noelle Wells. Right. Yeah. Have you ever seen Blackish? I've never seen Blackish. It's interesting because, like, it seems like it would be a TBS show to me. Like, it seems right. like it would me be. Me too. Seems like it would be almost a BET show to me, but that's where I'm racist, right? Sure. Like, but apparently it's great. I haven't seen it yet. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. I think they should do a live episode. Why? So they can use the hashtag Blackish Live Matters. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That's terrific. I think they should I think uh, they should do it. And Tracy Ellis Ross is uh she's Diana Ross's daughter. 
Okay. Cool. Yeah. Has she been on many other shows? I don't think so. No? I don't know. I honestly don't know. And I don't know a lot about Anthony Anderson, except for that he's been around ever since I was, you know, watching children's movies and he was showing up in them. Sure. Yeah. I, uh, well, we'll have to look at Blackish. Okay. Um, what else we have on here? Outstanding lead in a comedy series. Should we go to that? All right. Outstanding lead in a comedy series. You Uh, know what? I still haven't watched is Last Man on Earth. Oh, no? No. See, I like it and I do think Will Forte is good, but he's definitely not going to win it. Like, I think that was a lack of choice category. Oh, really? Uh, A bit. And I feel bad saying that because I really like Will Forte and I really like the show, but I don't. And for for William H. Macy to be nominated again, like I'm not watching that show, but is he doing anything different? Um, no, not really. He's staying pretty true to the exact same character he was all along. I'm surprised that's still on. Shameless. Yeah. It's, uh, again, Showtime has a, a habit of running shows into the ground. So is it dead? Are you over it? Um, I haven't finished this current season. Right. But it's, yeah, a lot of the same things like, oh, things are, there's tons of controversy in this family and this person's pregnant and this person's in jail and i don't know i think they need to end it yeah it, it, it originated off of a british series mm-hmm. that i think only lasted three seasons well this is in three seasons they might have been like two episode seasons right, right. <laughs> yeah well that, that, that's true too yeah they, they know they know how to handle brevity really nicely with like i don't know if it was a bbc show but like with the bbc and with they seem to know when to say when in the uk yeah, yeah I, I agree and were we talking about how british compared to american tv is a lot more realistic british tv is always a lot more kind of like dark and you know how do you mean more realistic dingy well you mean like visually aesthetically darker no i mean like there's always kind of a like a well that definitely but also there's shows like shows like entourage would never work in britain okay because they've got more of a we would rather see someone struggling and someone super successful. Okay, I so think. they don't really have a palette for frivolity, like like yeah, even, I think even so. the Big Bang Theory would that would that work in the UK? Like I mean, it probably does work in the UK as the Big Bang Theory, but do you, is that what you're saying? Like they don't want something without conflict? Well, yeah, maybe, but I think more what I'm saying is they don't want shitty storylines where everything kind of works out in the end. They want Luther. They okay. would rather have detective in like a shitty ass apartment who's saving lives and going back to the shitty ass apartment and being unhappy with himself. Well, and they also don't have an attachment to beauty in like, if you look at skins, like the, the, right. I I saw the first season of both different skins, the Americans and the, and the British one. And like, that's, that's a great point. And that's, that's kind of what I'm playing into too. Like everything's perfect in, in American TV and in British TV, they, there's a lot more realism there. There's they, a lot more darkness. There's even, yes, aesthetically, like, with the, the actors that they choose. But they create an illusion with an American TV show. Like, and, and talking about teenagers is a really good way to, to to point that out and to really highlight it specifically. Like, we mentioned Glee a few minutes ago. Like, the the high school characters in that show were, like, 30 years old yeah. with, like, exceptional muscle, muscle tone and huge boobs. And, and the biggest like, nerds are still, like, models. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they can sing, like, Justin Timberlake. And, right. Yeah, so so do you think body image is less of an issue in the UK for that reason? Uh, that's an interesting question. Uh, yeah, I think probably. Probably is. Think of the people that are on TV more regularly. You know, I don't even think that American TV would go out on a limb with someone like Benedict Cumberbatch. 
What do you mean go out on he's a limb? He just doesn't have cr- traditionally good looks, I don't think. No, he's but like he a bit of a, a strange-looking guy. But Definitely, but he's also a sex symbol now. He is now yeah, because British TV made him that, I think. British TV and, and American Hollywood films. Yeah. What was the first big thing that he was in? Like what? Made, what broke Benedict Cumberbatch? Uh, let's look it up. I mean, probably. How long ago did Sherlock start? It wasn't really that long ago. No, he's been around for a, quite a long time at this point. Yeah, I feel like I've been seeing him for quite a while, but he's gotten more glamorous too, right? Yeah, he seems like a, a terrific dude. So while you Google that, I'm just gonna make a little bit of an observation about outstanding lead actor in a comedy series. Do it for me. So you've got Will Forte for Last Man on Earth. You've got Thomas Middleditch for Silicon Valley. You've got Anthony Anderson for Blackish. You've got William H. Macy for Shameless. You've got Aziz Ansari for Master of None. And you've got Jeffrey Tambor for Transparent. What do you think is going to win that? I honestly think, and I haven't seen Transparent, but I think anyone else winning in that category would be a surprise. I think so too. And I think Bill Macy could win just because he's probably probably be one of his last chances. And like we said, they, they tend to care about that shit. Right, yeah. But you're right. It, it's not going to be Thomas Middleditch. It's not going to be Will Forte. It's not going to be Aziz. No. Um, and I can't speak to Anthony Anderson. Maybe it would be him. It would be awesome if it was Aziz, but he's also just kind of playing himself. So I don't think... Although that doesn't really matter because like Jerry Seinfeld won for playing himself. Yeah. Well, it could be argued that Jerry Seinfeld shouldn't have won at all. He would argue that. Yeah. Okay. Like, <laughs> I, I think he says he's a shitty actor like, yeah, all he's... the time. He's smiling in every scene in right. Seinfeld. Right. Well, he said, I think we talked about this on the Seinfeld podcast about how um, he got up to the podium when he won that Emmy and said, everyone on this show is more talented at acting than me. Right. He's, the reason I won is because I'm not a good actor. Um, the furthest back to see something I recognize on Benedict Cumberbatch's IMDb page is Atonement 2007. Okay. He played the lead man in that. Uh, and even after that, he did a bunch more stuff that I've never heard of. Right. So 2007, that's within the last 10 years. Yeah, but years. then in between 2007 and 2011, nothing. Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy is the next thing. Right. And then, then he did War Horse and The Hobbit and um, 12 Years a Slave, August Osage County, Star Trek Into Darkness, The Fifth Estate. Like he started wow. imitation game. He started doing stuff that you, right. you recognize every six months. Yeah. Okay. So I do think that British TV made him. Uh, he's done like, he's got like a like hundred credits. He's been really? working for years yeah. doing stuff you've never heard of. Right. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to talk about outstanding lead actor in a drama series lead actor in a drama okay we've got bob Co- bob odenkirk for better call saul kevin spacey house of cards kyle chandler bloodline matthew reese the americans rami malik mr robot leah schreiber um ray donovan what are you thinking of better call saul as somebody who who loved breaking bad and watched it all the way through are, are you somebody who's really on board because i'm hearing mixed things um i'm totally open I'm, I'm in the same place as fargo where it's got a lot of critical acclaim and i can totally get through another season of it i the first season fargo is really good first season better it's not call frustrating saul really you good. or anything no it's not frustrating me it's just not compelling me to like, it's not leaving me on a cliffhanger every episode that I need to like go back and watch. So, so sometimes I'll be, I'll say to myself, right, it's been three weeks since I've watched the last episode of Better Call Saul. So I get it. Didn't Breaking Bad, wasn't that really good at being compelling at the end of every episode? It always left you wanting more? Uh, usually. So why are they not sticking to that formula? I don't know. Or maybe they, I don't know. Maybe they are. I've only been through one season. So there were definitely episodes that did that, but it was not that consistent for me is is this the show that they that they were supposed to make after breaking bad like if they're going to do a spin-off is is saul goodman the character to do it on 
That's a great question. I think it's the safest character to do it on. Oh. I, I don't think you can go into, like, Aaron Paul. Aaron Paul's character is Jesse. I don't think you could do a spinoff there. You don't, you don't want to know. kind of ruining the show. Yeah, I mean, I I want to know so badly what happens after he drives away. Yeah, but I'm so scared about like what the show would ha- would evolve into. It would it would change the way you look at Breaking Bad. Yeah, and they really I guess it's almost smart for them not to do that. It's it it's it's okay to play it safe. Right. And there's all this talk about like will Brian Cranston or Aaron Paul have like a background cameo? Or will they do a walk on? Because the like Brian Cranston's still alive in the universe of Better Call Saul. Yeah, because it's a prequel. And that'll be exciting if and when it happens, but it's not going to be that meaningful. It's just going to be no. fan service. Yeah, exactly. It's not going to do anything. For, it's not going to move the plot along, I don't think. No. Unless they say, we need this guy to leave the restaurant before we can do that thing. And he's kind of just a... At some point, will they catch, catch up? Will there be like? Will they be running parallel to another point in Breaking Bad? Like after, after season four on Better Call Saul, that's roughly when season one on Breaking Bad starts. I don't think so, because... Here's the thing. I think they make a, a good effort to not allude to what year they're in. That's smart. Yeah. So they, you'd never say, oh, wait, well, Breaking Bad happened in 2011. So clearly this, you know, they're in 2010 right now. So next year has to be the year they... The only problem with that is that they're really kind of backing themselves into a corner where they have to end the series with a whimper, don't they? They, mm. they really can't have like a really big exciting i I don't think so that's i think that's one of the reasons i'm not as compelled to watch it's a prequel i'm not as compelled to watch any prequel yeah yeah i guess that's true i mean at the end of the day they can't kill this character off no it's you can't do it yeah that's so true you know he's you know what happens to him to that point you know know he's you know where he ends up it started out with him like watching tv in nebraska and it was kind of like a black and white thing. It just showed him watching TV in Nebraska after all the shit had happened in Breaking Bad. And then it flashed back. Mm-hmm. And then the whole series had been the flashback. Oh, wow. The first thing that jumped out at me, and see if you can guess what I'm about to say next. Uh, are we still talking about... Outstanding lead actor in a drama. In a drama? Series. Yeah. The thing that stood out to you was that Rami Malek was nominated, but not Christian Slater. Nope. Uh, was that a good guess? Yeah, that's a great guess. Okay. The thing that stood out to you was, uh, I don't know, honestly, there's a, there's, that Matthew Reese was nominated at all? No, no, I think he's amazing. Because you think like he him, yeah. should have been nominated. Yeah. He's Welsh. He's changing his accent for every episode. No, I know. I well, and he's that's... playing a character who's also changing his accent to something else. Right, that's true. <laughs> the thing that stood out to me was Kyle Chandler and Bloodline. I, I am told so often to watch Bloodline, oh. and I haven't got into it at all. I've not seen it. And people love that show, and I don't know how it can be so exciting. It's a show about a black sheep and a family. Okay, well, there's a there's an actor in this show called Ben Mendelsohn, mm-hmm. who I was just talking about this with my brother. My poor brother's got tonsillitis. He's, uh. he's like, he missed his own birthday party yesterday. No way. He had to go to the emergency room. Poor Ross. Oh, so I went God. over, I was, I was chatting with him, and because I, I wanted to talk about him... Uh, talk about the star wars news with him there's some star wars news this week okay um and he he brought up how excited he was to see ben mendelson in rogue one because of what a psycho he is in bloodline he says that he didn't win the emmy last year is perverse and he doesn't have to see all the other performances to know that wow he says this was this was a crazy good performance for television Ben so i don't know a lot about it but he's playing a villainous character in rogue one 
um, to cover what the Star Wars news was, there's a couple of things. Um, Rogue One, it's been announced that there's not going to be a crawl at the beginning of any Star Wars movie except for the main timeline movies. Oh, cool. Um, <laughs> I guess. I, I guess, except for that I kind of like, they're kind of useful. <laughs> sure. Um, do you remember a time when you were younger when you were just kind of bored by the crawl and you wanted to get to the spaceships? Yeah, I had no idea. Like, I basically asked my dad to just break it down for me yeah. once the first scene started. Um, and, and now when you watch it, it's like two paragraphs and it's so quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, I, and I'm pretty sure they all were so quick. Oh, and, totally. And yeah. And, and you're like, this was very useful. But speaking of the crawl, it was also announced that Star Wars Episode Eight, which comes out December 2017, is going to pick up the very minute we left off. So Star Wars has never done this before. It's always been like at least a year or two between movies. In some cases, it's been generations between movies. So a lot of people were joking on Reddit that the crawl is just going to be like, it's been five minutes. Right. (laughs) Luke still hasn't said anything. Luke and Ray. (laughs) Ray just found Luke. She's holding out a lightsaber. He's still not sure if he wants to take it. Luke's staring (laughs) questionably. Because like, what are they going to say in the crawl? Nothing's happened. Just pulled down his hood. Yeah. To unveil that he is Luke Skywalker. He is indeed Luke Skywalker. And then there's a wipe, <laughs> and it goes back to where it was. Uh, and more Star Wars news. They finally uh, officially announced that Alden Ehrenreich is going to play young Han Solo, um, which was already kind of known if you were following it at all. It was almost definitely known. But, Alden uh, Ehrenreich? Yeah, you're not going to know he who that is. It sounds like that is another Star Wars character. It now. sounds like a... Yeah, exactly. I've only seen him in one thing. I saw him in Hail Caesar, which was this year's Coen Brothers movie. Right chock full of huge celebrities mm-hmm. and i just sat there in awe of how charismatic this guy was oh, really? and, and becky and i even said to each other that guy's going to be a huge star and now he's playing han solo wow cool um and he's got the look and he's it's i i'm not i'm not totally on board with them making this movie at all mm-hmm. um but I'm, I'm excited for his casting wait rogue one no, the Han Solo uh, oh, origin story, the, right. the young Han Solo movie. Right, right, right. Although, I mean, like, it's I'm excited to see what it looks like, yeah. but some of the myth of Han Solo will be shattered. Yeah, because you're going to get to see him complete the, the Kessel Run. Probably, and, and probably, like, you'll learn about his history with the Huts and right. with with maybe with Boba Fett. And, mm. I mean, just learn about Lando. how he becomes a smuggler. Lando, definitely they'll have a young Lando. Maybe yeah. Michael B. Jordan. Whoa. I was going to say. That'd be so cool. <laughs> He's my go-to. Just go-to black guy. Yeah. Um, he almost deserves a better role in the Star Wars universe than Lando Calrissian, actually. You think so? I think Lando Calrissian is a pretty badass role. It is a badass role. Except he kind of becomes a weenie in, yeah. in, uh, in Empire. But, I don't know. I just don't know how many, like, I'd rather see... Uh, Michael B. Jordan in like three Star Wars movies, honestly. Sure. He could, he's like so versatile and good and youthful. Right. Maybe we'll, we'll see him meet Chewbacca. I don't know. There was, there was a, a, an urban myth. It might even have been confirmed that in the original draft of Revenge of the Sith, episode three, George Lucas, apparently under the disillusion that there wasn't enough fan service in the prequels already, wanted to have a sequence where a young boy, Han Solo, like a child Han Solo, is adopted by Chewbacca after his parents are killed oh in the Clone Wars or whatever. And everyone's just like, we were all so happy that that didn't make it into the movie. Because right. how fucking terrible would that this be? would have ruined the canon of Star Wars. And unnecessary. It's unnecessary that Chewbacca's in that movie at all. Yeah. Lots of Star Wars news. That's amazing. And Ben Mendelsohn is going to be in it. He was in Bloodline. And he's in Bloodline. Apparently, he's incredible. Actually, on, on, on Chelsea last week, they were gushing about how sexy Kyle Chandler is. I, yeah. think, I think in like a dad bod kind of way. They're like, oh, sure. this, this guy is just like, he doesn't give a shit. 
Yeah. Did, did you watch uh, Friday Night Lights? Uh, no, I, well, I think I watched a little bit of the first season and I would have kept going. Yeah. I've been told it's great and that I would like it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, mean, uh, I, like it I think I would like it. Yeah. I think maybe we should just watch it on our own sometime. Okay. Well, we should definitely do a podcast about it. Somewhere. Yeah. I was also thinking, um, speaking of Star Wars, although not really, um, we should do a Star Trek show show. Yep. We should do, we should watch the original pilot and we should watch the TNG pilot because the new movie's coming out right. like, next week. Yeah, true. What is what is what is the critical acclaim looking like right now for they're the saying, new movie? They're saying it's fucking great. No way. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Simon Pegg wrote this movie. Oh, really? He wrote the movie. Wow. Um, do you know about the whole uh, Sulu drama right now? No. Okay, so they decided that as a tribute to um, George Takei, mm-hmm. they would make John Cho's uh, Sulu character gay. Oh, wow. And they thought that that would be like very flattering to George Takei and everything. George Takei hates the idea. Really? He came out and he said Gene Roddenberry would not like that. He's He was like notoriously fastidious about his characters. He knew them inside and out like they were real people. Right. And he would be rolling over in his grave. Is he dead? He is dead, right? Uh, Roddenberry, yes. Yeah, I think so. Uh, he would be rolling over in his grave to know that base fundamentals of his characters are being changed. Yeah, and it's true. And, and that's kind of a disservice to George Takei in the sense that well, I'm an actor. Yeah. Like that's right. Yeah. I wasn't playing a gay guy. I was I was a that's gay guy. That's what I am playing... in real life. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's so true. That's so true. But I mean, Zachary Quinto, he um he stood up for the movie as did Simon Pegg and I mean, they're going to do it out of it. It's in the script. Like there's going to be something gay about John Cho in this Whoa. movie. Yeah. Whoa, that seems so unnecessary. It does. It seems forced. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well... But at the same time, Star Trek Ever since the '60s has been famous for being like really liberal and inclusive. Like they've had they put a, a black woman on TV as like a lead role sure. in a show about a bunch of white guys, and there was like an Asian guy in the cast. Well, and there's an interracial kiss. I think that might have been the I first think show. Might have been the on. first one. So they're like famous for like trying to make steps, and I think that this was probably in that vein. Right. It was probably in with the same spirit. It was trying to to make a step because they didn't have a gay character in this mm-hmm. yet, and it's also it it means something to beat Star Wars to a gay character, honestly. Sure. They should have went trans, star trans. You're right. They should have just put Jeffrey Tambor in Star Trek. Hey, it's 2016. <laughs> so who do you think is going to win Outstanding Lead Actor in a Drama Series? I think Liev Schreiber probably stands a chance. People who watch Ray Donovan say it's incredible. I've never really seen it. I think Ray Donovan's great. I think yeah, it's pretty I'm heavy. Yeah, totally caught up, I think. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think I think Rami Malek stands a chance. I mean, yeah, just because of definitely. the acclaim of the show, he's I, so I think, creepy in it. I think in a weird like, I think Mr. Robot's one of the hottest shows. Yeah, yeah, it is. So if they if the Emmy Guild, I guess, wanted to capitalize on that, yeah, now's their chance. He's like a Reddit darling. Like everyone on Reddit loves Mr. Robot. Totally for good reason. I think it's awesome. I I think so too. Have you seen any of the new season yet? Yeah. Is yeah, it, I've, I'm totally kept up with it. Is it keeping up your suspense? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I guess it's pretty easy to come off strong yep. at the top of the season. Craig Robinson actually it seems like he's going to be a pretty he's in it, pretty pain character. That's in it. so hard to picture. Yeah, good for him. And this other rapper, Joey Badass. Okay, I think I've heard about him. Yeah, that's a stupid name he's for a, a rapper. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, I don't know. I I mean, maybe Kevin Spacey. I don't think he deserves it. I'm not trying to slight Kevin Spacey. I just I'm so over that show. Right. But, but again, I, I I'm just not that invested in any like hard hitting dramas that are spinning right now. Right. So who's who's going to win and who do you want to win? I guess I would really like to see 
Rami Malek win, even though I haven't seen much of Mr. Robot. It would just be right. nice to see them give that to a youthful guy. Sure. For a show that's definitely good and a show that's kind of edgy. Yep. Because um, there are some dramas that are just like, like How to Get Away with Murder. I've never seen that show. Right. But I'm pretty sure it's not like blazing any trails. No. You know? No, I don't think so either. Yeah, I, I think Rami Malek, I think he's going to win it. Yeah. And I might even say who I want to win is maybe Matthew Reese. Just because I would like to see, but it's such an underdog shot. He's not going to. Leave Schreiber. Leave Schreiber would also be cool, I think. Yeah. But I don't think he's going to You don't win. you don't think he's going to win? Uh, I don't think so, no. Well, I don't know. He, okay. He's well, good in it. What haven't we covered? Oh, let's talk about uh, lead actress in a comedy series. We've got Perfect. some funny women here. Um, Ellie Kemper, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Amy yep. Schmoo- Amy Schmoomer. Amy Schmoomer. Amy Schmoomer. Amy Schmoomer. Everyone's favorite. Inside Amy Schumer. Lori Metcalf getting on. Uh, Lily Tomlin, Grace and Frankie, Tracy Ellis Ross, Blackish, and Julia Louis Dreyfus Veep. So the favorite is JLD. Easy, right? right? Yeah. Has to be. Um, and that's fine. Although, is it interesting? Did, did Tony Hale not get nominated this year? I don't think he did. Wow. Well, he would be supporting <clears throat> actor, right? He definitely would be, but I don't see him. Uh, we don't have the supporting actors here. Okay, so right. he almost definitely did. I just don't have... I didn't print off a very thorough list of nominees. Have you watched Grace and Frankie at all? No. I think it's, my parents watch it. It's interesting. I watched the first season, and I, like, enjoyed myself. And it, I the second season's been out for a couple months, and I just don't care at all. No. Okay. No. And they're all, like... They've all been Aaron Sorkin actors a few okay. times. And, like, uh, I just find it's stupid. The I, I, show? Yeah, I find it stupid. Okay. But you enjoyed watching it. Is it like a comedy or a drama or what? I, I just, I, I, I came back to it and I was like, oh, this is stupid. I guess I didn't realize that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was in a stupid place in my life. Well, have you ever realized that? Like, you, you didn't necessarily waste your time, but like, you were not getting anything out of this. No. Do you know what it's about? Uh, no, not at all. Okay. So, Lily Tomlin's married to Sam Waterston and... Jane Fonda's married to Martin Sheen, and they're as a group of as a, as a foursome. They're like they're like buddies, right? Because the guys are law partners, and the wives kind of hate each other because they're so different. Okay. But then in the pilot episode, it comes out that Martin Sheen and Sam Waterston are going to run off together. Right. They're gay. I yes. And my they've parents been having an this. affair for like thirty years. Right. And so in the divorce, they can't settle over the beach house which they both own shares in. So the women end up both living there, even though they hate each other. Uh, do you see how yeah. that's stupid? Yes. <laughs> Why would you force and yourself like, to do that? And like one of them is like a, like a hippie. Uh, one's a free spirit and one's more of a conservative. One's more rigid and conservative. Gotcha. And it's just, it's just okay. kind of like, it's, it's throwing some, some new stuff in, a, in an old tropey formula. Right. But because there's gayness in it, Right. The Emmys are excited. But wait, who do you think is going to win? I didn't say who I think is going to oh, win. Okay. Uh, um, I, I really, I, I think, I think Julia Louis Dreyfus is definitely going to win. Um, Tracy Ellis Ross could win, honestly. I think that people like her. I think yeah. that she's, okay. I think she's known for doing a good job. And I think Amy Schumer could win. I think she would be a pretty hip person to go with. Yeah, even though half the people can't stand her, and the other half thinks she's fantastic. Right. She's it would divisive. Be a divisive winner yeah i so the the big underdog that i would hope for would be ellie kemper but i do not think she's gonna win no it's just not gonna win you would like for her to win yeah totally yeah it's her last chance you know it's the only thing she's ever gonna win for the only thing ever well i mean like unless it's just perfectly built for her personality yeah i mean what's she gonna do otherwise unless she takes like a dramatic role in a in a movie and mm-hmm. she gets nominated for an academy award right it seems unlikely yeah yeah you're right did you know that john ham was her drama teacher in high school no Get the fuck 
out. Yeah, because like this is a guy who didn't get famous until his 40s. He was a teacher. He was a gym teacher and a drama teacher. I did not know that. And she was a high school student and he was her teacher. Whoa. And like he's on her show now. Yeah. Right? Wow. Yeah. Did she like have something to do? Did she hope that would happen? Well, did they keep in touch? It's more, it, maybe they kept in touch, but I think he's buddies with Tina Fey. Right. And Tina Fey runs that show. Yeah. Whoa, that's so crazy. Yeah. It's so weird to me how much crossover there is among famous people in their pasts. Right. Oh, like, oh, I went to high school with, like, Rob Lowe and Robert Downey Jr. and Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez. And... Right. Well, the, yeah, that was a notorious, like, crew. It was. They yeah, all, like, that's played baseball together. Kind of the easy example. But, like, Adam Levine and Jonah Hill went to high school together. Really? And Jason Segel and Jake Gyllenhaal went to high school together. Wow. So it was, like, these weird little crossovers. Yeah. So we think that JLD is probably going to take it again. I I, re- I really do. I actually think that Amy Schumer is probably second in line to get sure. it. It won't surprise me at all if she that gets makes it. sense. Okay, this is this is going to be the the richest area of the whole podcast. I think outstanding variety talk show. For the first time in fifteen years, neither The Daily Show nor Stephen Colbert is nominated for uh, an Emmy in this category. Wow! Traditionally, John Stewart would win it with The Daily Show every year. It was a wash. He won it every year. Not even nominated this year with Trevor Noah. Right. And I think that's a shame. Honestly, I think that he's taking more heat than he deserves. He's really fucking good at that job. Yeah. Yeah. He's not John Stewart. No. But no one is. You shouldn't have hired someone who's going to be John Stewart. No. After I think John he's Stewart. doing. A superb job. Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. I'm I'm really pleased to see that nominated. Yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah. And it doesn't deserve to win, but nope. I, I think that a lot of care goes into that show. Uh, what do you think about Real Time with Bill Maher? I think that it's a little silly to nominate that show. There's nothing that special about that show. I think they're too... Um... He's just still not afraid to say stuff. You know, yeah. that's all. Yeah, I, I'm on the same page with you there. Jimmy Kimmel Live. What do we think about Jimmy Kimmel Live? Jimmy Kimmel... Jimmy Kimmel is the best uh, 11.30 late night show. I think Jimmy Kimmel did such a smart thing because I think he's very TV oriented. Yeah. He's kind of the TV. Well, except for when his show is used as a vehicle to launch the new like Avengers trailer or something. Right. Which happens because he's owned by Disney. That's true. It behooves Jimmy Kimmel that he's the only 11.30 show uh, taped in LA. Right. You know, that's 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 beneficial. And, mm-hmm. and the other two, I think, are, are kind of sleepy. Mm-hmm. James Corden got nominated. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think they, they, they have a pretty hip category this year. Like, you know, they're going for the most shared internet videos, which I don't think is necessarily a bad barometer for well, what it, people it, like. But if that, was the, if that was the sole factor, then James Corden would win because he's like the Adele Carpool Karaoke is the most viewed late night viral video of all time. Really? It's beaten everything Jimmy Fallon's ever done. And he's wow. had some big ones. But I'll tell you right now, John Oliver's going to win this Emmy. You think so? Yes. Wow. Yes. Yeah, the I, same I, people who voted for The Daily Show are right. going to vote for John Oliver, no right. question. Although John Oliver's show... Only has to be done once a week. The Daily Show had to be done every single but day. But it's fucking brilliant. Yeah. It's so like... It is great. It's amazing. I actually looked to the John... Last week tonight with John Oliver just for information on stuff. Yeah, it's educational, isn't yeah. it? Like I, as was The Daily Show. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It, and it, it actually helps me because I used to try to watch The Daily Show every day and realized I didn't have enough time to do that. So I just started watching Last Week Tonight with John Oliver when that started. And there is a topical nature to Last Week Tonight to an extent, but sometimes they'll do an episode about something that's really not that time sensitive. Sure, it's just about FIFA. Yeah, 
And I almost wonder if they have like a show written that can go anytime this month. I think they have ideas in the can for sure. Yeah. Oh, you mean like they're like, okay, nothing happened this week. Go to yeah, let's, NASCAR. Let's do the one on uh, cafeteria food or right. whatever. You sure. know, like, because yeah. they have stuff that's not necessarily time sensitive. Yeah. And other times they're like, oh, there's a Canadian federal election less this week. Let's do 25 minutes on it. Right. Remember that? Remember yeah. how cool that was? Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Vish showed the video of Justin Trudeau throwing himself down the stairs with a oh, weird yeah. goatee. That was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the first time I saw it. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. That's kind of a famous thing. Yeah, I know. But that was the first time that it I saw it. It didn't matter because that was probably one of the first things Americans saw of Justin Trudeau. And now they think he's the coolest. Yeah. Americans definitely. love our prime minister. I don't think that was an uncool thing for him to do. I still think that was just fucking hilarious. It was so weird. <laughs> he was just like, yeah, I'll throw myself <laughs> this down This is my stairs. party trick. I can, <laughs> yeah. I can unscathe myself by falling down these stairs. I totally, if I walked into his house and he was like, hey, Matt, check this out. And just threw himself <laughs> down the stairs, I'd be like, you're the man. You're the weirdest world leader. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm a little surprised Full Frontal with Samantha Bee's not on here. Really? It seems like the thing that they would toss in. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, you're right. Get some female some female blood in there. She's good. Yeah. I haven't seen a whole lot I don't of what doubt she's it. done. Her commentary on the the Pulse nightclub shooting was like probably the best and everybody in late night did one. Okay. I think hers was my favorite. Nice. Um but that's really one of the only things I've seen of her also in her Canadian. own Canadian. Got to love her. Is she Canadian? She is. That's great. Yeah. I guess I knew that now that you mentioned it. Have we covered all these major categories we have in front of us? We don't have the supporting actors. Let me bring those up really quick. We haven't talked about outstanding lead actress. Okay, read them off. Uh, okay, so Viola Davis for How to Get Away with Murder. Don't Taraji care. P. Henson for Empire. I really don't like that woman. Yeah, no. n- Yeah. neither do I. Uh, Claire Danes for Homeland. Robin Wright for House of Cards. Tatiana Maslany for Orphan Black. Right. And Carrie Russell for The Americans. Obviously, you're a fan of The Americans, Carrie Russell. I'm a fan of The Americans. I'm a fan of Carrie Russell. I think she does a great job on the show. I want Tatiana Maslany to win as well because she's close to my name, but also because she's been on Comedy Bang Bang a couple times and she's like a super fan of Comedy Bang Bang. Really? Yeah. And she's funny? And she's really funny. Great. Yeah. Do you watch Orphan Black? That's I've never fun... seen an episode of Orphan Black. As a, pers- as a person, I want her to win. But like overall, on the acting scale, I would like to see Carrie Russell win. Robin Wright will probably win. It probably goes Robin Wright, Claire Danes, then Carrie Russell. Best Supporting Actor in a Drama Series. Jonathan Banks, Better Call Saul, Peter Dinklage, Game of Thrones. Kit Harington, Game of Thrones. Right. Michael Kelly, House of Cards. Who's that? I think that's Doug Stamper. Nice. He's he's pretty menacing. I think he's awesome. Ben Mendelsohn, Bloodline. Okay. And John Voight, Ray Donovan. He's fucked in that show. I've John seen Voight's, a thing or two. John Voight's pretty good. Yeah. So, I, I mean, is it, it's not going to go to Kit Harington. No, I don't think so. You can't just give it to a brooding heartthrob. Yeah. Peter Dinklage could easily get it. John Voight would be good, but I don't think we'll get it. Supporting actor in a comedy series, Louis Anderson, Baskets. Right. Andre Brower, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Right, is, I love that. Yeah, that's great. I love that. He, he is funny in that. Ty Burrell, Modern Family. He is consistently funny. He's great. And he's he's one of the writers on the show too, isn't he? Really? I think that's so. Cool. Titus Burgess, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. He is something else. He is really good. He is something else, he's man. He's constantly like intentionally overacting and singing. And... It would be really interesting to see him act in a role that's much more lower key though. Right. Like, is this what he can do and nothing else? I don't know. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's. I don't know if he's he, playing kind of a feminized gay black man is his role. I mean, he is a feminized gay black man. Exactly. In well, real that's, life. That's why. I, I mean, he's not that extreme. No. But 
but yeah, can he do anything else? Right. Uh, well, actually, there was a few episodes where he was acting straight, and he was really, really funny. Like it showed his range of like totally sw- like changing phases. Yeah, I loved when he was good. when he was dating the construction worker. Yeah, I loved that guy. Did you watch the second? I season? didn't finish it. I kind of no? lost interest okay. a little bit. I like him though. I think he's great. Yeah. Um, uh, Tony Hale Veep, like we said, Keegan Michael Key, Key and Peele, right? And Matt Walsh from Veep. So two for Veep in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, supporting actress. This is what I wanted to bring up. Supporting actress in a comedy series. Anna Chlum Chlumsky. Don't know her. She's from Veep. Uh, Gabby Hoffman, Transparent. Mm-hmm. Allison Janney from Mom. Allison Janney has a treasure trove of Emmys. Really? Yeah, she won a bunch of Emmys for The West Wing. Gotcha. Judith Light for Transparent, Niecy Nash from Getting On, and Kate McKinnon from Saturday Night Live. It is quite an honor to get nominated for Saturday Night Live. Bill Hader was. Yeah. Uh, but it's Didn't it's win. a small club. Has anyone ever won? Well, I mean, maybe back in the day. I don't yeah. know, but not in years. Okay. No. Okay, and this is the other thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, limited series, because I haven't seen many of them, but boy, did I watch The People vs. O.J. Simpson. Right. Oh, shit, that show was good. It was, it, I, I can't speak to the other ones. I don't watch Fargo. Fargo I, would be, I've heard the second season of Fargo is like blow your mind amazing. And uh, American Horror and Story it's also didn't get nominated cool. in here by the looks of things. American Crime, American Crime Story, yeah. Fargo, The Night Manager, and Roots. I, I mean, it, just as somebody who's part of the OJ um, era, but mm. wasn't quite old enough to, to endure it then, just made me completely fascinated for our culture's history. Yeah. I thought it was just stupendous. Right. Speaking of uh, the OJ Simpson thing, Kim Kardashian actually like won people over today in, in pop culture. Like, right. we, we lived in a world today where everyone was taking Kim and Kanye's side over Taylor Swift. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. People were like making memes of Kim Kardashian, like body slamming Taylor she, yeah. Swift. She kind of won. I mean, it, what I said on the radio was that nobody really acted like an adult in that situation. Right. We I all mean, lose by this happening yeah. and us taking a side yeah. at all. None of us is a winner for having to listen to this garbage. But right. it, it's, it's pretty damning evidence. Like they have video footage of Kanye asking permission Taylor Swift to use this lyric. He reads her the lyric. Granted, he doesn't say the part where he calls her a bitch. Right. Or takes credit for her fame. Right. But she's also like... But she... And then Taylor's like, but that's the part that I was angry about, but mentioned nothing about the phone call at all. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like, he's very nice to her on the phone. He's like, as a friend, like, I don't want to make rap that makes people sad. Like, I just, I want... uh, Most important thing to me is that I have your permission, your blessing. Based on that evidence, like, I mean, it also is a little suspicious to me that that Kim knew to film it. You want to know what I find kind of funny about the... uh the phone call transcript was I was reading it and Taylor Swift says like, no, like I totally get it. Like to you at the time, like you, you you didn't know who I was, didn't know who I was says this weird, like kind of humble brag in it about like, like you didn't know that I sold 7 million records (laughs) to that point. And then like, kind of just like, like, and then she says, which I did, which, yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. There are so many weird lines in that conversation that, which make me, wonder like i don't think she's like a humble person i don't think so either i think it's one of those situations where she should have had a lawyer present for that call right and she didn't know that it was going to right. cause such a ruckus Kanye just texted can i call you and she was like yeah go i guess for it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly i'm sure it was something like because he says something at the beginning about how she still has the same nashville number like he still had her number from all those years ago oh wow yeah no i think that i think that it's possible she's a bit of a regina george i'm not sure if that makes me a, a sexist for saying that because i mean like I've, I've i've been a huge 
supporter of, of, the, of the biggest of well and i'm a huge supporter of her music and of her legs yeah but <laughs> i also am first to defend when people say shit about you know like the the like really like cliched jokes about how taylor swift is just a man eater and like i saw right. a bunch of comments on facebook about how she's such a hypocrite for complaining about this situation and acting like a victim in the kanye situation when she's constantly bullying her ex-boyfriends in her songs she's she's uh, never done that yeah I don't think so. unless either. you could maybe you can maybe use the example of a song called dear john which is pretty obviously about john mayer right <laughs> in which she calls him by name but like other than that, there's no situation <laughs> that she is more guilty than anyone else who the, writes pop songs. The weird thing about that song was she was like, Dear John, you thought you were the mayor. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really like a, it really seems like it was about John Mayer. Pretty on the nose. <laughs> With your Stratocaster. Yeah. <laughs> and all those Grammys that you got. You told me my body was a wonderland. <laughs> Which it was. Which it was. Yeah, it still is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think I think she might be a bit of a. I mean, just just the very, just the very idea of her being the leader of her squad, and this is like a term that people use. Mm-hmm. She's got all these other like model girls who have not even a modicum of fame, if not for being like best friends with with Taylor Swift, right. except they're hot enough to get into like big parties, right? You know, like the the Gigi Hadids and the. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if she's one of them, but. Gigi Hadid is one of Taylor Swift's friends. No, I maybe she's not. That's just like a famous name. I, I also said Gigi Hadid, like I knew what that meant. I have no idea who Gigi Hadid is. She's a model, I think. Okay, I think. But like, like remember um, Haim, the band? Yes. Like yep. those girls, they are not even a one-hit wonder because they didn't even really have one hit. No. But they were. They had a moment. Right. And they're still her best friends. Oh really? Because like they can be like they're right. they're still like and Selena Gomez is like she's she's a big deal but she's never going to have like the song of the summer probably and like mm-hmm. she's not going to be her own thing um, separate from Taylor Swift right. and being Justin Bieber's girlfriend or whatever so like she has this army of people less than her and she can essentially apply her bidding I don't know if that's actually what's happening but that's kind of what I gather okay I don't know maybe maybe there's just too much drama and I have to bow out of the pursuit. I don't know. You know way more about this than I do, I'm realizing. Well, well, are you surprised? No, I guess not. I'm a pop culture junkie, man. Sure. There's like quite a conspiracy theory going that her Hiddleswift thing with Tom Hiddleston is not real, that it's a hoax relationship. Really? Because what? Well, she hasn't cleared it up. Well, he said no, it's not. So I mean, I'm inclined to think no, it's not. But there was a pretty good case for it. Like basically, for a person who like claims to need her privacy, mm-hmm. they're not being secretive at all. No. He's also like wearing tank tops that say "I Heart TS," and everywhere they've been photographed, photographically looks an awful lot like other places she's famously been photographed with other celebrity ex-boyfriends. So the theory is she's filming a Lemonade-esque commentary music video movie on her fame and the public's obsession with her celebrity relationships. So they got a really famous guy to play her boyfriend and they've recreated all these moments. After Beyonce did that once, I'm not surprised that or I'm surprised that more people haven't done that. Well, they might be working on it. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I'm just becoming disenchanted by pop culture. Yeah, it's (sighs) it's easy for that to happen. Yeah, we're sitting we on our pop a, culture podcast. We we live in such a ridiculous time. It's just too much of it. They've just like they've they've given me too much, and you know it's it's all it's all part of part of the illusion that they perpetuate for the longest time. Taylor Taylor could have driven drunk, and it wouldn't have made the news because the media was committed to making her the good girl, and right. then they became committed to making her uh, the manipulative shrew, mm-hmm. and now they might 
make her the the liar or the or the the wicked queen bee or maybe they'll make her the whore like it is there's always there's always an image that they're trying to apply to you that they are willing to manipulate Mm -hmm. the circumstances around you such that it better fits and in many cases i think that the the people are in on it and they're doing the things to better project that image right so that was that was good i mean we didn't talk about any show in specific but no uh, we talked about a bunch of shows um favorites overall that were i think mr robot's gonna have a big year Oh, well, one thing I wanted to say about the the People versus O.J. Simpson is that Sarah Paulson needs to win the Emmy as Marsha Clark. She, she, there's, and I'm sure she will. Everyone seems to agree. Like everyone's online is saying, "Oh my God, she needs to win this Emmy." Was she the one who was on um, uh, American Horror Story? No, I she's know, in but Studio Sixty, Studio also. Sixty. That's yeah. the one I was thinking. Yeah, she's right. she is so good as Marsha Clark, and and she like really makes that the main character of the series. And cool. I, I I think David Schwimmer's good. He was nominated to. Was he? Well, the joke is that oh my god, a Kardashian got nominated for uh-huh. for an Emmy. He's got a new show out. Does he? Yeah, I forget what it's called. He, did you hear the Nerdist podcast with him on it? Because I haven't listened to it yet. He was so great. Really, was, I want to listen to he it. He was so lovely and, be and and humble and and charming. Like he and Chris uh, kind of nerd out about chess a little bit. Okay. Yeah, and he he talks about his new show. I forget what it's called, but essentially the premise is he's he's either a widower or he's divorced, but he's like a, a single father. Yeah. And his best buddy is a, a restaurant tour guy and yeah. they decide to go into the restaurant business together. And cool. like he's a sommelier and the other guy's like a chef and they're they run a restaurant restaurant together and it's like a a show. I'm in. Yeah, I, I want to see that for sure. Oh, I'm so in on Vice Principles too. Have you watched it yet? No, the first episode came out last night. Okay. I really want to watch it. Who else is in that show? What, what what's the premise? Is are they teachers in it? Yeah, I think they're literally just vice principals. It's okay. Danny McBride and someone else, and I think it's a comedy show. There has not been a good high school show in a long time. You're right. You're right. What would the last one have been? Jeez, I mean, I don't know. It's really hard because, like, I mean, there are high school shows for teenagers. Right. But, I mean, Freaks and Geeks tried to create one for adults that yeah. would that would make you feel like you're a teenager again. Right. And we talked at length about how how important that show was but there's been nothing like it no you're right it's hard to put high schoolers on prime time on Netflix. glee glee uh, well that's an example that's, that's honestly probably the most recent like successful yes high school tv show absolutely it is that's a good point yeah and like i said like glee had some good times yeah i watched it for a while and then it Did like I, mean, I was i was fundamentally against them continuing the series after cory monteith died right because like they kept making episodes like leah michelle mm-hmm. Like, they were dating in real life. Like, they'd right. been together for three years or something. And they made her, like, film an episode about her boyfriend's death. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just so... It's it just... It was so grabby. They could have let it go. The show was over anyway. Right. Yeah. Like I said, it became the thing that it was trying to mm-hmm. comment on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't really want to end on Glee. Yeah, it's about 10 o'clock now. Well, where we are, it is. Uh, no, like, I think anyone listening to this right now... It has to be 10 o'clock. 10 p.m. And if it's not, <laughs> turn it off. Turn it off and come back at 10 turn it off also because it's pretty much done now yeah it's also over so there's no point in listening any further yeah you can pretty much cut it off right now but you could follow us on twitter at show show podcast and you could rate and review us in itunes that would be hugely helpful you could do all of these things you could never go outside never go outside but 